This is the Athletics Prospects to Pros podcast, your source for all things NFL draft here at The Athletic. I am Kent Garrison, your producer for today and every day around here. Chris Burke is currently on a flight headed down to Mobile, Alabama and the glorious luxury of Ladd Peebles Stadium for the 2020 Senior Bowl, where some of the best of the best from this year's draft class will be putting their skills on display for NFL scouts and coaches everywhere to see. Dane Brugler, here on the show, is currently out there in Mobile. How's it going, Dane? It's going good, Ken. We, uh, since Chris is not here, uh, but he'll be back. Uh, but we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to uh, welcome on a, a good friend and longtime NFL personnel man to uh, join us to preview the Senior Bowl. Yeah, we got a special guest for this episode filling in for Chris. He is a former NFL scout who was part of the Brett Favre Super Bowl Packers run. And he uh, has also worked with the Eagles and Cowboys, among others. You might know him from the Draft Show podcast previously, where him and Dane have covered pretty much every pick of the draft for the last decade or so. It's the one and only Brian Broaddus. Brian, great to have you aboard Prospects to Pros, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about these players. Well, thank you very much, guys. It is an honor to uh, be a part of a broadcast with uh, two of my favorite draftees, uh, I, I always have uh, enjoyed my time uh, working with you guys uh, on the draft show, and the, now to have the opportunity to have it on such a, uh, uh, a big stage here, I, you know, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I, I'm, I'm just disappointed that I'm not in Mobile right now, and and uh, yeah, I know Kent, you're kind of making fun of Lad People Stadium, but that's kind of like my second home, and I know it's Dane's yeah. second home too. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, you know, that but yeah, it, all three of that, us sit together that, for the last few absolute. years. Absolutely, that press box, Dane. You got to put a little memorial flowers <laughs> up there for Brian. Uh, nah. He's not there. You know, we'll just be all right. Cheat for him. <laughs> we'll we'll be all right. I mean, cool. yeah, it, it's just it, it's great though to be a part of this uh, a broadcast uh, again. I, I just enjoy working with uh, you both so much. So uh, again, thank you for having me on. Well, and even though Brian, you're not here, I know you've been you've been putting in the work. Uh, been trying, you, yeah. You, you, you've been watching these guys, uh, a lot of these seniors uh, in the run up to this uh, this week of practice. So I'm really excited to get your take on because we haven't, uh, you know, you and I talk, uh, you know, quite a bit, but we don't, sure. we, we haven't discussed a lot of these seniors. And so uh, a lot of your take, your reaction, your your uh, your scouting is going to be fresh on my ears today. And so it's going to be really fun to get each other's thoughts on some of these guys. I'm sure we might uh, agree, might disagree on a few guys, and so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, anywhere you want to start, you want to start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Go yeah, ahead, yeah, if it, you like to. Gonna, I'll let you. I'll, for so many years, I used to run those shows, so <laughs> now I'm going to let you run a show. How about that? Well, you know, it always starts with the quarterback, right? Right, and it does. We we've got two really good ones at the top uh, with Justin Herbert out of Oregon, Jordan Love, Utah State. I think that's going to be one of the top storylines uh, this week. Uh, they're going to be on different teams, so we're not going to see them at the same practice, th- you know, make throws one after the other. Right. But still, an opportunity to see, you know, if they can, one can maybe separate themselves from the other. I, from seeing either of these two guys, uh, does one stand out to you as being, maybe having the leg up and being the better player, the better prospect going into the week? Yeah, I got to see Jordan Love play against LSU earlier in the season. And so, you know, watching him play against that SEC competition and all that, I felt like that, uh, you know, he showed himself well uh, in that football game. You know, it, it's it's a little bit of a tough transition sometimes to have to deal with games like that. But I felt like overall he's done pretty well. You know, the thing with Herbert is that he was one of those guys that, you know, the last game is the most fresh game in my mind is that that Rose Bowl game and the, the leadership, the passing, the accuracy, the things that he was able to lead his team. You know, Wisconsin is no easy out. I mean, we're going to talk about some Wisconsin players uh, in this senior bowl itself. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, though, that, you know, you, you, you these quarterbacks, you these are great opportunities. And I give Jim Nagy and that group a lot of credit because they tend to put these quarterbacks with teams that could use quarterbacks and, you know, and, and at least to get that evaluation of, of that. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the senior bowl roster overall has gotten better. I think it's helped these quarterbacks when you get quality offensive linemen in there, when you get these backs, these receivers, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. We'll get in all these receivers too. And, you know, at least these quarterbacks are going to get to shine and show the scouts, these coaches, the nation, uh, you know, really what they can do in a situation where they're taken out of their comfort level 
of their you know, their college program put into with pro coaches and then said, okay, now throw with different uh, receivers than you're normally used to. So it's really a, a nice test for these guys. And the ones that shine generally are the ones that we see have success. And I know that's going to sound funny to say that, oh, hey, Broadus, how can you tell senior bowl success into into pro success? No, you see the leadership, the things that I was talking about with these quarterbacks that you want those intangible things, how they interact with the pro coaches, how do they interact with the interviews, the scouts, things like that. How are they handling their teammates? You know, how are they playing in the game? Yeah, well, they get a lot of time. You know, the way the quarterback situation's broken up is that they'll get uh, limited game time, but they'll get a lot of practice time. And I think that's the most important thing for a lot of these scouts and these uh, coaches to get an evaluation on. Yeah, it was only a year ago when Giants general manager David Gettleman said it was the Senior Bowl where he fell in in, yeah, in sure love was. with Duke's Daniel Jones and. Part right. of it was the intangibles aspect that you were talking about. Um, and that led to them drafting him number six overall, had a promising rookie year. And I think that's something that teams will be watching, especially with Herbert. Because uh, right. this is a guy that on paper, he's got everything. The size, the athleticism, the arm talent, uh, the resume as a four-year starter, uh, you know, winning uh, the Pac-12 and winning the Rose Bowl, like you mentioned, uh, you know, right. as kind of his final college act. Um, but one of the questions is he's not an alpha, you know, he's not a guy that is going to take over a room and, uh, be the rah-rah guy. And that's okay. You don't necessarily need that at quarterback, but that's what a lot of NFL teams are looking for. And so I think yeah. more, more than anything, they're looking for how he interacts with a brand new cast around him. How does he interact with his teammates? How does he, uh, you know, if there's a, a mix up on a route, how does he, you know, talk to him about what, what they did wrong? How did they correct it? And so just the interaction, the camaraderie, um, how he handles himself with, uh, brand new uh, people around him, brand new players. That's definitely something that uh, scouts will be paying attention to. And then just overall, I think this is the type of setting where both of these quarterbacks, Herbert and Love, they should shine because you're yeah. talking about guys with big time arms. Uh, they move really well. They've got easy releases uh, when they're throwing against, you know, not really playing against defenses, uh, you know, and it's not anything exotic. They don't have to worry about the blitz. They don't have to worry about the pressure. Uh, you know, there, there should be a lot of opportunity for them to show off the arm, show off uh, the physical traits. And, and that's what is when you look at these two quarterbacks, that's what you point to is the physical traits. And so no, a setting yeah. like this practices uh, both should really, really help themselves. Well, you remember Josh Allen and what he was able mm -hmm. to do coming out of Wyoming. You know, we were all marveling at the arm strength and the talent. I mean, it's stuff you saw on tape, but then you're right. These practices, these coaches do a great job. And the staffs from Detroit and Cincinnati, yes, they, they were, you know, in the short end of some games this year, well, a lot of games to get you to coach this thing. But the pro coaches will tailor these practices to get the most out of uh, these kids. And they will, uh, they will tailor it in a way so – when you're sitting in the stands, you can see all the throws. You can see, uh, you know, the type of uh, a leadership that they have. You know, there's going to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one throws, some tight window throws, contested throws, down the field throws. You know, there's going to be okay. How's the ball handling going to be? Oh, knowing those uh, those nine-on-seven drills, inside runs, things like that. So you could you could get a really good gauge if you're a scout. That says, you know, might have the Southeast and, you know, you haven't seen either one of these kids play live. This will, these, these pro coaches will give you a really good glimpse of what these kids can do. And, I, and you're right about the, the alpha dog stuff. The, these interviews, too, and I've been in that room before where you're talking to these kids and, you know, you point blank ask them those questions. You know, uh, hey, by the way, scouts are telling me that you, you know, not, you're not very much an outgoing guy, not a leader. You're a quiet guy, reserve guy, you know, all these things. And, you know, you'll ask a bunch of questions of these kids and you'll see what kind of reactions they have. If they want to fight you on what you're asking them, you know, you take that as a good. I never, ever looked at an interview as a bad thing. I always felt like that if I was getting down to sit down face to face and talk to a kid and get an idea of how he is programmed, 
I think that's all the thing. I remember with the Cowboys and what they did. You know, even though Dak Prescott wasn't on the side of their uh, their coaching team or what they were coaching him that year, they got a chance to sit down and visit with him. You know, and and Wade Wilson, the coaches and stuff, got a real good understanding of what type of player. So this Senior Bowl, it, I, I you know people say, oh, there's nothing. It, it could you know you could play bad. It's a downside thing. I, I don't see that at all. I, I at any position. I think if you're playing in the Senior Bowl. You know, it's an opportunity to to show people what you're made of, to get that opportunity to hang in there with some with some pro coaching and and pro evaluation. I think really that's that's the jump that these quarterbacks are going to get among uh, uh, among the other quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. Right, and you know, I think when you talk about the Senior Bowl, I, I always point to two things: why it is it is so important for a lot of these players. First, it's it's the last thing you'll do in a football setting. You know, the combine workouts, things like that are are great. It's part of the process, and you can absolutely uh, you know gain something from those events. But the Senior Bowl is the last time where you're going to be in, in pads. You're going to be you know right. in, in a football type of setting, and there's that's where you should feel at home if you are a big time player. And so it's it's a great opportunity for you to show what you can do in you know in that in a football setting. And yeah. then also this is when the coaches get involved. You know, scouts have right. been on the road. Right. They've put in right. the time. Uh, a lot of general managers, director of player personnel, different personnel guys, execs. They've been around the league throughout the fall looking at some. Right. Players, but this is the first time where the coaches really get involved and uh, learn about these players. And this will be, you know, first impressions mean a lot. And so this will be their first impression to a lot of these guys. Um, and well, so yeah. it, that, that's going to be really important for a lot of these seniors. Yeah, I remember Dane and, and just going back in the draft a couple of years ago that you and I were working on together was with Montez Sweat and mm. what he, you know, remember him at the Senior Bowl and and him coming out and doing. You know, just having, and he was able to build on that. You know, he went from the he went from his seasonal stuff to the Senior Bowl, and then it was into the combines and into the workouts. And then, you know, you got a really, a really a great picture of the type of person, the type of player that this guy was. So, yeah, I totally, I totally understand this and respect what you're saying because I I've lived this before with the Senior Bowl. I I I, I enjoy that all-star game but this one I enjoy even more because of again like just what you mentioned the pro coaches involved in and how these players interact in a setting full pads NFL coaches and then with uh you know hundreds of thousands of eyes on them right okay let's get back to some of these players and we just yeah. talked about the, some of the quarterbacks let's talk right. about some of the player the the guys that they'll be throwing to uh, we're going to be talking a lot about throughout this process about how impressive this wide receiver class is. And a lot of it's because of the juniors, you know, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and, and Ruggs and Higgins and Rager. And, you know, we go on and on. But the senior wide receivers are also going to heavily influence uh, just kind of how we look at this class overall when we, you know, look back at it. And so for me, the top C- uh, wide receiver that's going to be in the Senior Bowl is Brendan Ayuk from Arizona State. Uh, right. He's got he's got that sea of speed. Uh, it is something that uh, he before the catch, after the catch, he's a playmaker, and that's what the definition of a playmaker is: someone that can turn small plays into big plays. And I thought Ayuk consistently did that. Uh, this will be a great opportunity to see kind of where he is with his progress on his route running. Only a one-year starter was a JUCO right. guy. Uh, what did you see from Ayuk? Did, did you agree with me? He's the best receiver down here. Do you do you prefer uh, one of these other guys? Uh, what did you think of Ayuk? Yeah, I, I thought Ayuk was an outstanding player. And if you go back and watch the Colorado game this year, though, he takes a, mm. he takes a slant at, you know downfield, and I mean he just hits it, and he's between the two uh, defenders in a heartbeat. Ball's right on top. I think he struggled a little bit because of the quarterback play at time there at Arizona State. True freshman. Daniel, yep. Yeah, Daniels and some of the problems that they had. But, I, I mean, you're absolutely right about him. And, you know, the thing I, I kind of appreciated about him, not only, you know, catching the football and, and getting up the field and showing the explosiveness was his willingness to stick his nose in there and be an edge player on the, you know, in the running game and stuff. So much of the this uh, in the National Football League, we're seeing teams get the ball on the edge with these running backs. And, you know, you want to have that guy on the, on the outside that's able to kind of get a little nasty, get a little dirty, you know, throw a block or two, be an effective player that way. So, you know, when you start talking about complete guys, not only do you have to be able to catch the football, get up the field, make something happen, 
but don't be afraid to get your face a little, uh, little get your nose a little dirty going in there and, and, and kind of finding somebody and, and, and get, making a path for your running back. But I, I was very, very impressed. I'm very impressed with the two Texas kids, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, mm-hmm. when you start talking about, you know, with, with Colin Johnson and, and, and Duvernay, I, I think that those two kids, Duvernay, I, I didn't expect that at all from him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I was going back and watching those kids play and, and I always felt like that Colin Johnson was going to be this guy that was going to step up and be and, and not that he was poor, but he was dealing with some some issues and stuff during the year. But what Duvenay was able to do there, I think, has been really, really impressive. And I, I'm glad to see that both these guys are getting the opportunity to play in this game and showcase what they can do. Yeah, no question. I mean, we coming into the year, Colin Johnson was why he was a top in a lot of yeah he was for, a top in a lot of a lot of yeah. people a lot yeah of people, as yeah. the top senior receiver and unfortunately it was a hamstring he only played half the year um, you know so this is going to be a kind of a redemption week for for Colin Johnson and, and a few other guys but I mean I agree with, on on Duvernay who who saw 106 catches no, uh, no. you know I mean the, the the season that he had and. This is a guy who's really interesting because he's almost he's built like a running back, but right. you know he was a state champion sprinter in high school, and so he has some juice to him. Um, there's not a ton of when you when you you know you're done looking at his tape, you look at your notes. It's funny how many more strengths you have than weaknesses because right. he's just he right. does a lot of things really well uh, with his with his routes, his short area agility. He's rocked up, and so he can cr- create yardage, breaking tackles. He's got that competitive edge to him. Um, you know, mentioned that with Ayuk. He's got uh, uh, Duvernay certainly has that. Uh, right. You know, we just asked Grant Delpit, who tried to come downhill and, and hit him and just bounced right off him. And bounced that, right off uh, him, right. In that game. So I think if you're looking for a slot receiver, uh, Duvernay is definitely going to be high on your list. And and he's not only a, a guy that's going to take, you know, screens, a lot of short passes and and create, but I thought he, he tracked the ball fairly well. Also, you see those slot fades, those vertical seams. Uh, he, he did a really nice job down the field as well. So I think he could become a little more detailed as a route runner, but he's a guy that could be a dynamic after the catch. He can be as productive as his volume uh, and just a really impressive player. So, and, and then uh, like you mentioned with Colin Johnson, uh, this guy is really talented. Not many, you know, six, six receivers out there uh, who are fairly fluid. Uh, I mean, he's just got a little stiffness in his routes, but he moves sure. fairly well and he can make plays outside uh, of his framework. And so yeah. this would be a big week for him to show, Hey, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still a top 100 prospect. Um, it's a crowded, you know, when you rank these guys and stack yeah. these, your wide receiver rankings, it's tough when you include all these juniors because there's so much talent at the position. And so it really makes it tough. And I, another guy kind of similar to Colin Johnson, uh, just with, you know, their size and the way they win, Michael Pittman at a yeah, USC. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But these are guys, too, when you talk about size, Dane, you know, you look at these players and you're thinking, they're so big, but they work so well in tight spaces. You know, yeah. that's that's the kind of the thing you're, you're like, man, I mean, it's impressive to watch these guys line up and go get the football, but they're doing it in tight areas too. And I think, you know, there's, there's always, we always kind of focus on that, okay, the perfect size for receivers at 5'11", 6 foot and all that. And, you know, the draft has had its share of, of big wide receivers uh, that have had, you know, have had their struggles. And, you know, people are very mindful of that. But when you watch Pittman and Johnson and those kinds of guys, big body guys that could go get the football, but work in those tight spaces, soft handed, you know, both, you know, uh, you, if you look at what Pittman's situation was at USC with the quarterback situation, it seemed like every mm-hmm. week I was watching one of those 11 p.m. Pac-12 games <laughs> when USC was on it, they were having a different quarterback play. So uh, a credit to him. It's so funny. I, I scouted his dad. Oh, way, way back in the day. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like it shows my age a little bit here. But I'll tell you what, though. I love the toughness of the kid. I love the size of the kid. And I love the fact that he was able to adapt. So with him having to adapt so much to the quarterback play at USC, surely this uh, this this uh, game coming up will be uh, no issue for him at all, having to deal with a lot of different things. 
strong framed pass catcher. Uh, not a guy. Gotta that's have those you, guys. Gotta oh, have yeah. those guys. He's more possession receiver than sure. yak receiver. But right, he's he's a guy you just kind of throw it in his zip code and he'll box out. He'll find a way to go get it. He's got a little uh, you know little start stop to him as a route runner where he can help sure. you out on those those comebacks, uh, the back shoulders, things like that. But he's also a thing that'll help him on special teams. Uh, he has 17 right. tackles over his career, three blocked punts. Um, he is a guy that will help you out on special teams. Another guy on special teams, too, with Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Similar right. type of guy with the size, the athletic traits, the special teams experience. So uh, a lot of these receivers um, uh, have that versatility that I think are going to help them, not just as a return man, but uh, on special teams coverages. Um, so, uh, you know, these wide receivers, uh, we, we, just know, we didn't. Yeah, we did, but we didn't mention Porsche either, too, the kid from SMU. Yeah, another, another one. slot guy who... Another yeah. slot guy, yeah. And and here's He's a guy gonna, that... Ever, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. no I, it, I, it will be a disappointment if he doesn't I'm come back away back to interrupting with, you again like I used to. I'm glad to do this. <laughs> it again. Won't, yeah. won't be the first time. It's not the last time. <laughs> uh, it, it, like it, it, It'll be a disappointment if he does not have at least a few ridiculous grabs this week during practice. Oh, there's no question. I, he, he is a magician. A with the, player, oh, gosh, yes. It, it really yes. impressive. Yeah, he will. He is the ultimate bad ball catcher. And, and not <laughs> yeah. that, you know, the, the Bouchel, I mean, Bouchel put the ball on him a lot at SMU. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this the thing I liked about about Porsche was he never stops running. I mean, yeah. it's and, and SMU plays a really up-tempo offense. There's probably some people out there that haven't seen him play very much. Maybe you caught him on that uh, that uh, Saturday night against Memphis and all, but but this Porsche, I mean, every game it's eight to ten to twelve. It's double digit catches every single game, and people know that he's going to get the ball there in that American uh, you know conference stuff, and he still makes plays. I, I'm I'm really interested to see how well he fares because I, I I'm looking at a guy. You know, give me the guy that never stops moving. Never stops catching the ball. The high catch radius, you slot, whatever. This is a guy that's a big time football player. And again, credit to to Jim Nagy and those guys for getting a quality group of wide receivers. I mean, we went through a group right there that you know each one of those guys that we mentioned are, are very capable of having outstanding practices and then being very productive in the game. Right, no question. Um, a couple other receivers just want to hit on quickly. Uh, Van Jefferson, KJ Hill, two yeah. guys that I think will help themselves showing off their routes. Uh, and then on the flip side, I think two guys that need to show that they're a little more a uh, little more advanced as route runners, uh, Courtney Davis from uh, A&M and then Denzel Mims from Baylor. I think both these guys are going to test well. But the senior bowls where they can show that, hey, we are not as raw as we're being labeled right. as. And so right. that'll be that'll be big for them. Um, OK, I, it, my top two receivers here, Ayuk and Pittman, and then maybe yeah. Brian Edwards after that. Those, those might be my top three. I don't wh- Who are your top three receivers that will be here? in Mobile? Yeah, I think I think you got it right. I, I really, really do. Those are the guys that I've seen that I was really, really impressed with. And again, I, I mentioned I mentioned Porsche just because of the fact that I've seen him catch a million balls, it seemed like. Right. You know, here he's in my backyard over here at SMU. And, you know, I've watched a lot of SMU games and I, I was very impressed by, you know, his ability. So yeah, I, I think you've got that list right. And I, you know, of, of like I said, of all the guys that you mentioned, you know, they're all capable of, you know, of 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 being standouts. I don't think this is going to be a group of just one or two guys. I think this is going to be when we're done with these practices and then into the game when we sit down and watch that tape, I'm going to think like, oh, well, hey, yeah, we talked about this guy. We talked about this guy. And everybody that we talked about is very, very capable. As you mentioned, there's some guys that have some questions. But I think there's, there's guys that have more talent than questions out of this group. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, another guy I'd throw into that mix as well is uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. who's He's a lot of fun. Uh, I think yeah. he's... And honestly, when you look at his game and you look at T. Higgins, I don't. Is there a huge difference between the two? And Higgins, you're going to oh, take T. Higgins is one of my favorite. T. Higgins is uh, one of my favorite he's players. A good player. I've, yeah, uh, he's I mean, a good player. I, I think he's a first round yeah, player. Um, yeah, but I don't. I'm just I don't glad see a yeah. huge gap between those two guys. Is what I'm trying to. Gandy Golden has a lot of talent. He's a big, rangy guy. Not sure. not a big separator, but the body control, the focus. Uh, yeah. I think Gandy Golden could be a riser throughout this week just because not enough people have watched him at Liberty. So definitely no. a name to keep an eye on. 
And with Hugh Freeze, the coach there at Liberty, right? Uh, kind of an offensive-minded guy, right? So, you know, that's uh, – and we know Hugh Freeze has put a lot of uh, – you know, look at on the NFL, all the old Miss receivers and stuff like that. So maybe this is right. another one of those guys that uh, well, all of a sudden so, he, he shows up, he's able to come into a program and kind of – and make some guys shine a little bit. Yeah, well, and, and fun fact on him, he was uh, – the only other sp- sport he played before football was gymnastics. He, he was a big-time Well, that makes gymnast. sense. Uh, yeah. Gandy Golden, and then he came, tried out for football, really picked it up in high school, and, and he's Liberty's all-time leading uh, receiver. So I think he's yeah. a, he's a player on the rise and, and pretty good, pretty good player. Um, so okay, those are some receivers. I think when you look at just in totality the the best players that are down here in Mobile, one yeah. stands out to me as being the best of, of this entire group, uh, non-quarterbacks. We, we kind of touched on them. We might touch on a few more quarterbacks later, but in right. terms of the non-quarterbacks, I think there's one prospect that stands above all that'll be here at the senior bowl. Uh, and that's a defensive tackle from South Carolina. Yeah. Javon I knew you were talking about this guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, exactly. I don't know. Is there, a, is there a better player in mobile that you've seen? No, you know, and I was going through kind of the list of guys, and you said not the quarterbacks and stuff like that, but I, I do feel like that Kinlaw is, you know, you're talking about a big-time disruptive player and stuff like that. I mean, the, the way he gets across the line of scrimmage, attacks, gaps, controls, blockers. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it, this is very reminiscent, you know, of, of you know, the, the Senior Bowl has done a great job of, of bringing in guys, those defensive tackles that all of a sudden, you know, you're like, okay, you know, now – you see them working against other, uh, you know, I think of Aaron Donald and, you know, working against Zach Martin, you know, that kind of matchups where you're, you know, here's a big time. Everybody's kind of seen Aaron Donald play at Pitt and, and here he is now going against some, you know, not, I don't see a, I don't see a Zach Martin at this offensive line mm. group or anything like that, but, but I do see a big time defensive tackling Ken Law and how disruptive and he can play and the power which he plays with. So uh, he would be, he would be the best player I feel like. Uh, out of that group, uh, you know, when you when you're talking about the overall of off both rosters for sure. Yeah. Okay. We we agree there. Um, yeah. And, and and I think anybody that watched uh, the Chiefs on uh, on Sunday and saw Chris Jones, I, I think that's yeah. what Javon Kinlaw can be. You know, he's that big, uh, quick guy. He aces the eye test, uh, yeah. but then he also has that burst, that raw power. No, I mean, I think you you summed them up perfectly. Um, after Kinlaw, I think it gets a little interesting. And one of the guys that's in the mix to be that next, next guy off the board is a player that I know you're very familiar with, uh, Christian Fulton at LSU, yeah. who the last time we saw him uh, on the national title stage wasn't the best showing for him. I, do you think he is a first-round corner? You know, I, I do. I, I, me personally, as I've kind of done this, Dane, and I, I've, 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 I've kind of, you know, we, we talk about – the other, you know, the Ohio State kid clearly is the number one corner on the board. Okuda, you know, right. Okuda, when you look at that. Now, okay, who is that second guy? And I know there's some people that talk about Diggs uh, from mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, people talk about, uh, you know, we, we mentioned with Fulton. The guy I really like is C.J. Henderson yep. is there another guy that I really, really like. So, yeah, you know, Fulton, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be a matter of who is that, who is two, three, and four coming off that board. And, you know, with, with Fulton, you're right. You know, I was at the national championship game that night, and it wasn't one of his best games. But, you know, I, I think you have to look at the competition. I think overall he's played very well. I mean, there was good competition against Georgia, good competition against Alabama. I mean, LSU has played against some quality wide receivers this year if you go go through uh, their entire uh the entire season, but I see a really good cover guy. You know, and at, you know, I'm interested to see what he measures at. They got him at six foot, you know, 194 pounds. I'm interested to see if that's really right where he's at. But I, you know, I have a feeling that might be where he's at. But I, I, I do feel like that to me when you watch him play, the the physicality which he plays, not so much as a tackler, but the way he plays in routes, the way he's able to get his hands to get right up on top of guys, almost breathing the same air as the wide receiver. And then he, how he uses, he's got some length to him to be able to kind of keep that receiver along the line of scrimmage. And then, but he's got the speed and the quickness. If he has to have a little bit of recovery, he can, he can do that. So he doesn't let receivers get away from him generally. And I, I think that's the thing that you can, that you can appreciate. Now, I think people are going to have to work. I'm interested to see what you think about him 
with the pro coaches working with him. You know, Corey Raymond, who's a secondary coach at LSU, a former player and all that, you know, he was a, a pro player, a pro coach at one time. And then, you know, but you watch this kid pedal. He pedals really kind of, kind of tall. He's kind of a mm. tall peddler. And I'm interested to see, you know, if, if, the, if the NFL uh, – excuse me, the NFL coaches in this game kind of try and, and, and change him up a little bit with his technique. But overall, man, I mean, this guy's a really good football player, and he, and he deserves to be mentioned in that group with Diggs and Henderson and the others that we're going to talk about this year. I agree. Yeah, he stays in the pocket of receivers. He's got a very, very patient process. Um, and, you know, that allows him to use his athleticism, a uh, good feel for for reading breaks and, and attacking. And so I, I do need to I, I want to see him be a better tackler. So, you know, that that tells me he can play in the slot uh, at the next level. But there is plenty to like with, with Christian Fulton, uh, even though. I know a lot of people, their lasting memory will be some of those uh, negative plays in the national title game. That's a game, tough game. I mean, it's a it, tough oh, game yeah. to play. Clear. Good I mean, receivers, I can, yeah, good I mean, they, They've matched up LSU. and I, yeah. I, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I felt like, oh, geez, look what's going to happen at Alabama. They're going to get eaten alive there. Oh, look what's going to happen at Georgia. They're going to get eaten alive there. Oh, look what's happening, you know, it, 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 against Clemson. And, yeah, Clemson. You know, they, they, they were able to affect the quarterback in a way that, you know, that, that he only made a few plays in that game. And, and so, yeah, I, I just if you look at just competition overall, you know, Fulton has been totally battle tested and, you know, and, and he'll probably show up very well. Again, all those receivers that we talked about, you know, the matchups across the board and stuff like that. I'm excited to see those those one on ones with with him involved in and in, in trying to stop some of these receivers. Agree, and Fulton should be the clear-cut top corner uh, here in Mobile. Uh, right. No Trevon Diggs, he, he did not accept. Uh, Damon Arnett and Jeff Gladney, two guys I really like. Uh, Ohio State and TCU, they right. they both pulled out uh, of the uh, of the game. Arnett, he, he's battling a wrist inju- injury most of the year. Didn't hear exactly why Gladney decided to pull out, but I thought you know both those guys are in the top forty mix. Um, unfortunately, won't get to see him down here. So it, it's Christian Fulton's show, and it's it's really up to the other guys in this class, you know, Darnay Holmes and Troy Pride and A.J. Green and guys like that uh, that'll be down here to see if they can close that gap at all in terms of right. the, the cornerback uh, ranking. So, you know, it's it, it's a good group. And so that would be a, a Kinlaw, Fulton, one and two for me, the third best player in this, in this class, at least going in uh, on the Senior Bowl roster, Houston's Josh Jones at tackle, uh, yeah. who reminds me a lot of Andre Dillard at this time last year. Who Which is Dillard, that, that's high praise, too, because well, Dillard it, yeah. was never on the ground, always in position, right. body balance, control, knee bend, everything you want in an offensive tackle, he would show you. I mean, that man's uniform never got dirty because he well, was he just used, always used in position. The, yeah, he used the Senior Bowl to kind of springboard. Uh, sure did. You know, he was sure he was did. highly thought of coming into the week, just like Josh Jones is. But right. his positive play throughout the week and practice that really vaulted him and helped him uh, be the top twenty five pick that he was. Uh, fourth for me, Zach Bond, linebacker out of Wisconsin, who just yeah, really this had is a an huge interesting cat. Year. Yeah, he is yeah, it, because he, it, is. he was for the Badgers. He was a pass rusher, but in the NFL, I think he's more of an off-ball linebacker. I, I, got, I think he has the athleticism uh, to cover. I think he, he can play the run uh, and then be a nickel rusher, a guy that you still allow to blitz from time to time from different angles. So for me, Zach Bond, he's in that first-round mix. Um, oh, as there's a, a there's no question. Do everything. So no it, question. It sounds like you he, agree. Oh no, I absolutely agree. That's some fun tape to watch right there because again, you're right. He, you know, they they're you have to account for him. You really do. Mm-hmm. And when you and you watch teams, especially if you watch the Ohio State games, you know, with the with the quality that they have at offense, it was it was very clear that they did not want him to be a part of this game. But I'll tell you what, would, do you think he is a 227 pound guy or you think he's a bigger guy? Because he looks bigger than that on tape. He looks yeah, I, mean, I, I think I know, so. Yeah, and, and well, maybe the it, measurement you know, if you look at it, the measure, I think it was six two two twenty seven is some of the measures. Right. Maybe I'm maybe I misread that, but I, I felt like that he looked like he was a a bigger player when you watch him because I see a guy that's got some power to him. You know, and I see some strength to him. Uh, you know, when they when when blockers were coming off on him, tackles mm-hmm. he was having to deal with tackles and to and to like hold them at the point of attack, then disengage and get over and then redirect i mean there is so much to like about his game how he can really he can close things down 
the redirection skills I mentioned there, the range. I mean, he you you know, you you look at him and you're saying, man, this guy he he gets after it. and and as a pass rusher, you know, I, I was impressed. I was impressed the way he was kind of able to dip that shoulder, get underneath the blocker, and then uh, make it uh, and uh, attack the pocket the, the way he was. But, uh, you know, and I, I think that's his strength. I really do. I, the only thing I really saw, like you say, about the coverage stuff and all, I just saw the zone drops. And so I just didn't feel like that was his biggest strength. I think him going and attacking is the his best part of his game because – he puts a lot of pressure on the blocker, and I think he could create things in the pocket. So uh, I, I'm a, I am a big fan of his and really did enjoy watching his tape. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like we see him pretty similar. Uh, one, it it kind of scared you, me, though. Because, yeah. uh, when I got done watching him, the, the player yeah. that popped into my mind that reminded me of him was Hassan Reddick coming oh, out of the Temple, Temple kid. I knew, ago, I yeah. knew you were going to say this. It, I knew this. And it, 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 obviously, Reddick. Yeah, we, we were, you know, we were trying to find a top, spot for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, top 20 pick, hasn't right. lived up to it. Uh, right. And hopefully it's different for Vaughn, but that that was the first name that popped in my mind just because of yeah. how the, how, how they, they were he used was. in college, yeah. and then yeah. how you project him to the next level. So hopefully yeah. it turns out a little bit better for Vaughn. I think it will. Uh, but yeah, he is a really impressive player. Well, let me ask you this though. Okay, I'm just focusing on another player that I really watched. And when I was looking through the Senior Bowl rosters, I was I was excited at this kid. And you know me, how I hack names. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a bad hack. You're going to help me out here. I know you are. David Hellman used to be great at just making me feel. The kid from Michigan, the defensive end, is it yeah. Uche? Uche? Uche. Uche. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. I enjoyed watching his tape, too, about yeah. you know watching the Michigan. And, and I, I don't know where you have him in, in relation to, to where, uh, you know, where he's going to go in this draft. I, I'm going to probably say you'll probably have him in the second round, if I had to guess. Is he like a – is he a – I wouldn't say a one-two for you. Is he just a straight two? For you how do you how do you have him uh ranked out there because I he was a, more a, of a two three a more two three okay well all right keep an eye on this guy then okay if, if i'm, I'm going to give you a guy that just to keep an eye on that when you watch when you watch the one-on-one drills i'm interested to see how effective this guy really is because i think there's some i think there's some good stuff to his game i really really do i think with this guy i don't think the motor ever stops running they move mm-hmm. him around at a bunch of different spots I thought he was really the playing speed, the quickness. The, he was slippery in the way he played he the is. tape that I was watching. And I have a feeling that blockers at the Senior Bowl are going to have a hard time getting their hands on this guy. You know, he, I, I could see him taking advantage. If he gets matched up against some couple of guys that aren't ready for athletic ability and ready for a slippery type of player and doesn't give you much of a hitting surface, then this guy is going to look really good playing football for you. So I I, I enjoyed watching his tape uh, when it came down to it because I, I saw a burst. I saw explosiveness. I saw that slippery player. I saw him chasing the ball. I saw him finishing some plays. So I would say he's probably more of a two in my book. But I, I, I you know maybe maybe the fact that he's a two three, you could probably you probably have him in the right spot. But a good senior bowl, maybe that makes him what I more think about him as being a solid, uh, a solid two uh, when we start talking about those guys. Yeah, and that's I think this is a he's set up to thrive in a game like this in those one on ones when he can use that. Yeah, juice that's that what he I has. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He is twitched up. There, there's no question about it. That edge speed. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a lot of NFL teams, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that edge right. speed. Uh, he's a little undersized uh, for edge work, uh, you know, just in terms of his body composition. I think he has some length to him. I, I, right. I would expect he has at least 33-inch arms, if not longer, uh, maybe 33 and a half, closer to 34. Um, and he does show examples of – uh, converting that speed to power. He'll put See, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking, Dane. I was thinking that uh, in this game, we always focus, and I, I've heard you talk about this a bunch. The the one thing that we focus a lot on the, these practices this is the one on one stuff. Because that's where we can that's where you can see, you know, when, when they get to the team stuff, they're really not you know, some teams, uh, some pro teams, you see guys, they take them to the ground and stuff like that. But, you know, most teams will say, hey, stay up, stay up, don't talk, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, the one-on-one stuff is where we could focus, where you could you could see with your own eyes, like, oh, look at that move. Oh, look at the quickness there. Oh, look right. at the power there. Oh, look at the ability to get to the corner. 
you know, when you're watching this stuff, you know, on the NFL network there, you're going to you're going to see these things. And I guarantee you, you're listening to us right now. Dane is going to be writing about these things. He's going to tell you who look good in one on one. And I guarantee you this Michigan kid will be a kid that he is going to write about in the one on ones and having a pretty good day. I, I I was just impressed with the tape. That that's all. But speak. Okay, let me ask you about a guy that I wasn't impressed with the tape. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. And here's another guy, and it's an Alabama kid. This uh, this Roquan Davis from yeah. Alabama. And we're you know, a lot of way people, too much here. Well, that's scary because uh, usually you and I are will go at it. And I'm sure there'll be some guys we'll down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, maybe this Daryl Taylor from Tennessee might you and I might go okay. at that one a, bit, a little bit, or, or Terrell Lewis from Alabama, another guy that. But I, I, I was not, I was not overly impressed with Roquan Davis as a defensive tackle. You talk about Kinlaw and how, how, how just awesome he looks. On the other end of that, Davis, I was expecting more and got a lot less, mm-hmm. and that bothered me about him. And. You know, I felt like though that uh, that that maybe is again is this the Alabama player where I get disappointed in? You know, they've had so many great players on defense, and then they get to the pros, and we might not hear from them for a little bit. Maybe take some some time to get going. But is 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 this one of those guys that we're going to be kind of talking about? As as not the tape is not as good as uh, as it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, he is a player that, look, he he passes the eye test. Uh, there, there's no question. He is a a monstrous human being. Um, he has some natural six, power six, to 315, him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he carries it fairly well. I mean, he's not sure. a sluggish guy, but he's also not an explosive guy. He's not a pass rusher, and that's that that's a problem. Um, and that's why he's, he's not a top 50 pick uh, for me, um, and I'm surprised that some people see him as that because he's right. his, his hands lack refinement. He's not a burst player. Um, he finds himself in too many stalemates. Uh, you know, for a player Way with his too length, many stalemates. his yeah. strength, yeah, it just doesn't have the explosive traits that I want in, in you know, an interior player uh, that yeah. would be drafted that high. So I, I think he is a little scheme versatile. You know, he could play in a three-man front, four-man front. Um, I, I think he can hold up versus a run, be a solid guy. But, you know, I can find those guys later on. I don't need to take a Raekwon Davis. Uh, there's nothing that he offers me in the second round that I can't wait and find in a defensive tackle in, in the third or fourth round. So yeah. I, I do like some things about him, but man, he flashed so much as a sophomore. And then yeah. he he had more tackles for loss and sacks in 2017 than he did 2018 and 2019 combined. And you wonder so about was, that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. you wonder. See, I, you know, you always talk about Dane when you look down at your scouting notes, and I had more negatives than positives about this. You know, and you start off with, you start off talking about, yeah, okay, rear size, 6'6", 315. You know, that's what we have coming in. You know, might we'll get the verifications uh uh, Tuesday weigh-in, right? Dane is what we're looking mm. at. Is that a yep. uh, for the, this guy? So that'll be good. But you know, the the thing about it is, I, I just didn't see a guy that got off the block very quick. And you know, and I, I I felt like that. You know, there's times where he would try and jump around blocks, and it wouldn't work out for him. And then you know, he loses his balance, and you know, he struggles with quickness. And you know, I, I just didn't see a guy. I think he turned slow when he was trying to get mm. up the field, and. You know, I, I didn't. I just, I was, I was disappointed because I was expecting this six six three fifteen monster inside, and that's. I didn't get that. I got a guy that was pretty much easily handled a lot of the time. I, this is important for him because I it, we're watching the same tape that the NFL scouts are watching, and if they're seeing the same thing, if we're watching the same thing, they've seen this guy. They they probably have some questions about him. So I, I'll be interested to see if he ratches it up a little bit and and tries to prove. Uh, you and me wrong on on his playing ability. Agree. And yeah, this is a big week for him to see what he can do, kind of change the narrative uh, if he can. Uh, and it's we mentioned Colin Johnson, a guy with who's looking for redemption. Same thing with uh, with Raquan Davis. Same thing with uh, a guy like Trey Adams, a off, uh, offensive tackle out of Washington, who's yeah. Been I, I want to talk to you about that. Years hasn't too. quite looked yeah. like the same player. Yeah, I, I was. Did, did you see a first round player with Trey Adams? No, I didn't. That, that's my that's my problem. And you know, okay. and I know that you know it was a kid that we when you and I were working together uh, 
before you made your trek back to Mecca in Ohio, uh, you know, you and I were, we had done this, we had talked about Trey Adams a bunch. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. I think you and I sat down and watched him play, and then we got the word that he was coming back for his senior year. But yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't get really, you know, uh, get jacked up about the, the him, you know, I thought there was a little bit of ease of movement about the guy. But I didn't see him get much movement. You know, I mean, he looks like a really an athletic guy. You know, the, the the feet, the hands, things like that to the second level. But I, you know, he tries to bully guys, and then he gets bullied himself. And I, I worry about that a little bit with him. So I I, I felt like a, more of a better pass blocker than a run blocker. I was a little, you know, and maybe in this day and age in the National Football League, yeah, you better give me some, give me the guy that can pass block. But I, I was a little bit more disappointed about him as a as a just a, an overall uh, you know offensive lineman. I, I was you know there was better it was better as a pass blocker than it really was as a run blocker. And I didn't you know I always worry about those offensive linemen that don't show a lot of balance at times. You know mm. that and and that and that I think that was very evident in the running game for him more than it was the passing game. Well, and, and he's a guy where the medicals at the combine are going to be really what determines his draft grade. But he can kind of change things, uh, you know, after a, he just looked rusty most of this year. And I guess that's not completely, uh, you know, I guess that's expected uh, coming off the knee injury, coming off a back injury. Uh, you expect yeah, you, him to have a little bit of rust, but yeah, no, I back injury I was, and offensive lineman. You're right about those medicals. If it's, if we're talking about yeah. back in an offensive lineman, they trust me, the red flag will definitely be up. Oh, yeah. something that a lot of teams they do not want to deal with offense or defensive linemen. And again, you could probably you could probably X-ray every single player in the NFL, and there's somebody's going to have a back problem. But if you're coming in as a, a player that they're looking to invest, you know, time in five, six, seven years, eight years, maybe more for an offensive lineman. You don't want to have to come in with uh, initially with back in, back problems. I think that will be a red flag as we get uh, as we get ready for uh, the combine uh, after yeah, this. No question, and that's why this week is so big for him to kind of create a little bit of positive momentum uh, going into uh, the combine. Uh, going back to those pass rushers, uh, yeah, who is who's the best pass rusher? Is Uche the best pass pass rusher? Well, you've the seen best one I be? saw, yeah, and I was trying to figure out about this about Daryl T- uh, Taylor, you know, uh, where he was at. I was, you know, the Marlon Davidson was a kid mm. I watched from Auburn. Jumbo I mean, defensive you, end. Yeah, you're sitting there, you're so, you're, you get, you get, you're watching like Derek Brown. You know what I'm saying? You're watching right. him play and you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be watching Davidson here. I'm watching Davidson and he's just not doing much, you know, and I'm, and I'm like, I, I got a little disappointed there. I kind of felt like that maybe that, you know, because Auburn was the best team. And here I'm going back to my LSU, watching 15 games of LSU. I felt like that Auburn was the best defense that LSU had played. I really did. Hmm. I mean, I, I know people talk about, oh, there's you know, Georgia and Clemson and these games and Alabama and all. I, I thought that Auburn did the best job of handling LSU's attack and made it difficult, uh, you know, on, on Joe Burrow and that crew. But, you know, with Marlon Davis, I was expecting a lot more, and I just didn't get, you know, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, when you're looking, you're thinking, oh, is he a right end, left end? Well, he, you know, a 4-3 scheme, he's more of a left end, you know, and, and I don't know if you necessarily where he fits, uh, you know, when you start talking about these pass rushers, because I surely didn't see. I saw a guy that will compete, and he'll chase from the backside, but... Man, I mean, the technique and stuff like that, I, I just did not see anything that made me feel like, okay, this guy is going to go way, way up in this draft. Uh, you know, there was mm. just a lot of limitations to where he was at. I, I Maybe I'm maybe take, taking him in a total different direction than what you see from this guy. No, I mean, I, I would agree for the most part. Um, you know, in my list of the best pass rushers here, uh, you know, he's not one or two. Um, I, the guy that really stands out to me is uh, Jonathan Grenard from Florida. Uh, that that's the guy who led the SEC in sacks, tackles for yeah. a loss. Louisville transfer comes in as a senior, one year at Florida as kind of their 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 buck pass rusher, and he's a guy that he's quicker than fast, and he's got some strength in his hands. But I love the motor; it always runs hot. Uh, he plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's stout versus the run. He's relentless. Uh, there's just a lot of things where 
He, is he there a pro comparison? Blockers. Is there a pro comparison you have him to? Is there somebody you've um, seen him? Because you're looking at that. You're looking at a guy like uh, you're he, looking at him. You know, two hundred six three, two fifty eight. I think. I think I have him right here. Is uh, he, he kind of sixty five, six three, two sixty five. Yeah. Is there, yeah. Is there a guy you have him in that kind of? Uh, is there somebody you've seen? A little. He reminded me a little bit of Shaq Lawson. We watched him at Clemson. Um, there you who go. Ended up being a first round pick. Hasn't necessarily right. lit the lit the world on fire in Buffalo. Um, sure. But kind of reminded but he was me of just that, up, that right? skill set. I mean, Shaq is was right, banged yeah. up, and, and, and that's you know, that, that's and a good point too. That. Yeah, uh, he was but just in terms of the skill set, I mean, Grenard has, uh, I think, a lot of things that are going to translate. And he's not going to be the top tester at the Combine. And so this is going to be a, a good week for him just to show, you know, build off of that, what he did during the season and, you know, have a good week here. Because, again, I don't I don't think he's going to uh, necessarily stand out uh, with what he does in Indianapolis. So, uh, but you mentioned Daryl Taylor earlier. Yeah, is I was going to ask you about that. that- Flash in a good way, bad way. What would you think? Yeah. See, the problem I had with with Taylor is that I, again, I'm I'm looking at this as a left end, right end situation, and I saw more of a left end than I did a right end. And mm. when and the difference to me, and just to explain to the folks that are listening to us, I, you know, when you when you think about the left end, you know, most teams are right handed, and offensive teams are right handed, so you have to deal a lot with the run on that side. You have to deal with. You have to be able to play with power. You have to be able to deal with a tight end. You have to deal with double teams and all that stuff like that. And so if you're not that quick twitch guy that Dane was talking about earlier, if you don't have that ability to capture the edge, get the shoulder dipped, uh, finish at the level of the quarterback, and you're, you're limited in what you can do over there, well, then you tend to you know, be the left-in kind of guy that you play with more power. And, and I... I just, you know, I, I saw a guy that did, did play with power, and I, I thought he could play with a little bit of a burst, and he could, you know, he could close some things down uh, on the move, you know, from the backside. There were several uh, times in the games I studied, the Florida and Georgia game, BYU game, where he was running down guys from the backside and stuff, and, you know, maybe he should be a right end, but I, I just didn't, I just didn't see a guy that that really had that type of that explosiveness off the edge, you know, I mean, I, 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 he drew some holding calls in the game that, that were, were good, but I didn't see a lot of pass rush moves with this guy. Maybe he's a guy that at Tennessee, I mean, I've kind of feel like, you know, they got a defensive head coach there. I felt like that they could have done some things, you know, better to kind of help him. I, I, he just relied on power way too much as he did pass rush moves. And I, I felt like that, you know, if if he could learn the the, the moves, maybe we have a different player here. But you know, at six three two fifty seven and his ability to chase, uh, you know, I, I kind of like that. But I just didn't see a guy that had enough pass rush move. Again, it remind me of when we we were watching uh, Taco Charlton play at Michigan. You know, you don't mm. when you don't see a guy that has pass rush moves, it's immediately that flag of okay, where does he play? Is he a left end because he plays with power? He can play at the point of attack. You know, he can hold up blockers. You know, where's the pass rush moves? And I, I just didn't see enough of that. And and maybe it'll translate. Maybe maybe you'll be writing about it this week. Maybe this will on, you know, maybe on Wednesday, Thursday practices, you'll see a, a different guy there. Yeah, and I, I agree with you for the most part. I saw a little more explosive player than you did because I, I thought right. he did show that he can gain ground with that first step. And you he can shave the corner and do some of those things. But I agree. He's... There, there's no creativity with his hand usage. Um, it, there, it just there's no nuance. His upper and lower halves are on different pages. Um, so I agree. I, so many times you're watching him and you just want to see him let it loose uh, because yeah. he shows flashes of it, just doesn't do it consistently. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, he's a player that could end up being a riser throughout the process if he does what he needs to do uh, here at the com or here at the senior bowl and then at the combine, but uh, he's got some work to do. No question. Um, so, okay. I think we need to wrap this up a little bit, but I did want to touch on um, before we, we sign off here. Can I ask you about one guy, one more guy since we're doing Absolutely. it? What do you got? Okay. I want you to, you know, cause teams are going to be looking for, and here's, and I'm going to tie it into the team I used to work with with Dallas Cowboys. If I can, again, I know it's a national podcast and stuff, but if you're a team that's looking for that, Three fourth for that nose tackle, mm. the kid from Utah, Futo. What What, what are your thoughts yeah. about him? Yeah, yeah. Lakey, is that how you say it? Lakey Futo. Yeah, naturally powerful human. No question about that. I mean, he's a yeah. 
and he's moves fairly well for a guy that size. I mean, guys sure. that are, you know, that big, I'll be eager to see you know what he weighs in here uh, in Mobile. But, you know, and, and all the heights and weights that that I use that I know you have too, or they're, they're straight from NFL teams. And so he, at one yeah. time he was 6'5", 332. And so I'm eager right. to see what right. he is uh, here, if he's still playing at that weight or not. But this is a guy that I mean, he he's athletic for his size. He's got a little bend, little burst. He, he doesn't necessarily show it consistently as a pass rusher, right? But he can anchor the point of attack. He can take on doubles. He's got those powerful hands where he can detach. He can two gap. Um, so I think that there, there's something to him. I I don't know that he's uh, is a, he in the Danny. Sh- I mean, I know Danny. Sh- yeah, but I know he's not in that Danny show. I mean, those guys were first round guys. Yeah, and from, I, yeah, I don't think he's enough Tampa of a took playmaker. Tampa the kid from Washington. Yeah, Vita Vea, yeah. right? I don't think he's enough yeah. of a playmaker to take him that early. You know, top forty. I, I just don't think sure. that he does enough. But he's a guy that can drop his weight. He can lock out. He can create that anchor. Um, and, and so I think he's he's still really discovering how how good he could be with, with that right. unique skill set that he has. And maybe some pro coaching can help unlock some of that pass rush potential. But he's got some athletic traits. He's heavy handed. He's he's powerful. And so I mean, I think he could be a, a productive NFL, uh, you know, gap plugger and be a solid verse to run. I just when you're talking about a guy that doesn't offer you much as a pass rusher right now, you know, where do you draft him? And that's why he's, he's not a top 50 player, but right. I, I think he, there's plenty for, for of play that one technique or that nose. Right. Yeah. You're going to look at, and then, and just one more guy, just mentioned a name. You need to keep an eye on. And that I, that I, I'm interested in him is the Ashton Davis, the safety from Cal. Yeah. That, that I'm, I'm interested to did see you like how him? he, I did like him. I yeah. did like him. And, you know, and I know there's a, it, this group of safeties, uh, you know, people tend to talk about Delpit and then what's going to happen after Delpit? Is it McKinney? Is it Davis? Who is it? You know, I've got to work through with those guys as well. But I did like Ashton Davis. And I think that Ashton Davis has to prove to me that he could tackle a little bit better. But I think mm. the ball skills are there. I think the range is there. I think the quickness is there. I, you know, it, it, the other two guys, McKinney and Delpit, Delpit had his troubles with tackling this year. People talking about maybe a bad shoulder there, much better in 2018. But this safety group is one that's going to get a lot of scrutiny. And then here you get a big time guy uh, with Ashton Davis uh, being a part of this bowl game. So watch the range, watch the coverability, watch the one on one, see if he's covering wide receivers, see if he's covering tight ends, see how these pro coaches are going to use him and maybe showcase him a little bit to get a little bit better idea about how close is he with him, him, McKinney, and Delpit, at least the top three that I've seen so far. Yeah, and Davis is he's got one of the best just backstories. He was a guy that out of high school, only Division three program showed interest. He actually went and developed himself as a track athlete as right. a backdoor to get into a, a FBS college program. Uh, Cal gave him a shot on the track team. He tries out for the football team, ends up making it, and he turns himself into uh, you know an all Pac-12 type of guy and a, and a possible top 50 pick. I mean, he is, he right. has speed and he's not the biggest guy. He's only around 200 pounds. And so you right. do worry about that as yeah, a that's safety probably position. Affected the tackle. Yeah. That's probably right. affected the way he but, tackled I mean, a little bit. Yeah. There's no question how, how aggressive he is, how physical he is. I mean, he does right. not uh, play like a 200 pound player. So he, there's a lot to like about Ashton Davis. I agree. Um, it's just, you know, he's very aggressive by nature. He's got that fearless mentality. I think that that does work against him at times, but with his athleticism, with that speed, with that toughness, yeah, sign me up for him. I think you're right about McKinney and Delpit. And then, you know, this isn't a great safety group. And so who's, who's right. that third safety? I think good chance is Ashton Davis, something he'll be able to show uh, down here this week, but how early do you take him? Is he worth an early second round pick? Is he below well, more yeah. as a three? I mean, that's something that you know maybe this week we'd be able to help figure out. Yeah, that's you know I, I think that the the things are gonna people are gonna like the speed. They're gonna like the again the tackling part of it is how are you gonna rank these guys? Is McKinney better than Delpit? We'll see. I mean, it, some mm-hmm. teams might like McKinney better than Delpit. I mean, I know Delpit is a guy that's been highly publicized throughout his career I don't think he played as nearly as well I think Fulton was one of the best defensive player you know the best secondary players that LSU had and we talked about him earlier so you know the Thorpe winner Ward winner you know there were a lot of guys out there that uh, you know surely 
surely I know that kid at Ohio State. I've watched him play. He's one of the best I've seen. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we've got this whole process to work through. And then work these safeties. A lot of those safeties uh, lasted late into the draft, if you remember last year, Dane. I mean, we were kind of banging through all those guys, and there was a pocket of them that all ended up going at, uh, at you know, around 58, 59, and 60 of this draft. I have a feeling a couple of these guys will go a little bit earlier than that, but it always uh, is interesting what these teams think about uh, the safeties going forward. I agree. Okay, and we'll finish up with this. One last thing um, I, w- I want to talk to you about. Um, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, and I'll, I'll go first to give you a chance to think. Uh, but a guy that's a maybe top 100 pick, who has a chance to be a definite top 100 pick as we leave this week. So like last year, a guy like Chuma Edoga uh, at a USC, the tackle who really impressed or, or Terry McLaurin uh, out of Ohio state, the receiver who, you know, they, those guys went into the week as maybe top 100 guys. They left as definite top 100 guys. And so I'm looking at this week, uh, Harrison Bryant, the tight end at Florida Atlantic, the Mackey Award winner, really athletic guy. Uh, he's, he's a try-hard competitor as a blocker, but that's not really what's going to earn his paycheck in the NFL. He's, his ability to separate, his ability to create after the catch, that's really what's going to help him. And so I think Harrison Bryant has a chance to lock in day two status uh, with what he does this week. And two other guys I'll throw in there too. Uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither, the App State linebacker who's – little light in the pants, but I tell you, the guy can run. He is long. Uh, The the best way I can describe him is he's probably the best tag player in the neighborhood growing up because his lower body quickness can make guys miss, uh, avoid those blockers, uh, very hyperactive play style. And then the center out of Washington, Nick Harris, who has a, doesn't have the bodies that you want uh, a little squatty short. Not everyone's going to love that. And it might take them off their board, but this guy's got stubborn hands. He gets after it. He's got some quickness to him. So uh, I think Nick Harris has a chance to go from a maybe top 100 pick to a different top 100 pick with what he does this week. Any guys uh, that you've looked at maybe fit that criteria for you? You know, I, I, I like what you're saying. I like the route you're going there. I, you know, this guy to me, when you start talking about, you're, you're mentioning top 100, right? Is what you're saying mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm kind of interested in, in, in really where, uh, where we're at with, you know, I, I mentioned the, the wide receiver there, uh, that, uh, that, the, the Duvenet kid. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in him because, I kind of feel like, though, that he was so productive at Texas, and you're thinking like, okay, we, he just kind of came out of nowhere. And I know people that follow this podcast and stuff say, well, wait a minute, Bros. Everybody knew about him at Texas. I didn't know about him. You know, I really didn't have a handle on him. And I watched him get better every week, every week. You know, he's making plays. They're covering it's, it's a lot like Porsche, the, the kid at SMU. And, you know, maybe you could throw him in there as well. But I – I really kind of feel like, though, that he's going to go to the Senior Bowl. He's going to catch every single ball. He's going to find himself uh, in routes. He's going to get himself separated. He's going to make plays. He's going to show that he's a little bit more than maybe a slot receiver. So I'm more – I'm really, really interested uh, to see how he he plays out. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about these receivers. I'm excited about – watching them work against some of these defensive backs. But he would be a guy that I would think that maybe he's got a shot to. Okay, tape was good uh, from college. Let's solidify his spot you know, as a, as a uh, top 100 player uh, when we go forward here. Yeah, no, I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. And he's a guy that they named him a team captain midway through the season just because he's, he was too impressive. Uh, that, that does not happen very often. And then – he also has the bloodlines. Uh, his, his dad was a former track guy in high school. His mom, uh, that side of the family, is uh, the Murrays. You know, Kyler Murray's his cousin. Um, you know, his, his uncles, Kevin, Calvin, and they played uh, pro baseball, uh, big-time college football players. So the bloodlines are there. there there's a lot of things about Devin DuVernay uh, that kind of pointing well, in the right direction. So I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited well, about Well, how about both those Texas receivers, though? I mean, you know, you, you, yeah. you probably think Colin Johnson is outside. You know, it's funny. I mentioned these guys as we start this bro- started the broadcast, and, it, you know, I was – but. Both uh, both those guys could be guys that you would like to say, you know, Colin Johnson, depending on how you see him, he started off as maybe wide receiver one. And then now it's like, well, maybe he's just a tick outside 
the top 100. And so right. that's something I think you have to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and two very different types of receiver, but two very talented receivers. So, no, it's, it's a good way to, to end the podcast, the way we started it, talking about those two guys. Uh, Brian, I can't thank you enough. This was great. This was a lot of fun to get the kind of get the band back together and, and, and talk shop about these players. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again here soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Dane. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to work with you. I've, I've told people this before. If I ever was a general manager again, you would be the first scout that I would hire for sure. And then I'd work from there because I do respect, uh, you know, uh, your, your, your eye for talent, the ability to uh, convey the player and what type of player. Uh, you're not afraid to have an opinion. I think in this day and age, when you do this, you have to have an opinion. You have to give people the reason to believe you or not believe you. And you stick to your guns. Uh, you're a good battler in the war room. I always appreciate that about you. And I hope we do get to do this again. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing your analysis, not only from uh, the Senior Bowl, but then as we go forward in the Combine and things like that. And, and maybe you and I can uh, hook it up again and, and talk about it again. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it, watching tape with you certainly helped uh, advance my uh, scouting education and learning well, thank things you for from, saying that. Appreciate from all your that. experience. Yep. So, um, let's, let's try to do this again. Uh, Sounds good. Jerry, for listening, prospects to pros. We will see you later here from Mobile. Hit you up after some practices, have some recaps. Until then, talk to you later.